my friends, Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah, where I'm joined by Brian Hunsaker. Brett, what's going on? Oh, living the dream, my friend. You know why I'm living the dream? What Don't tell Spencer. We replaced Spencer today. Yeah. With Katie Sano. Yes. Our Yay, director Katie. of client services. Super happy to be here. Hey, Thank great you. to have you. Great to have you here. Thank you. And we're going to use your noggin today. Fantastic. And I'm going to start out with a few questions. You know what? It's good to have a female voice on this uh, on this recording. <laughs> it makes us sound smarter. It huh? does. It's it's uh, yeah. it adds good. a lot of adds a lot. Yeah. I'm glad I can Thank, just bring that for, to the table here. <laughs> thanks for looking at making this look smarter. All right, we're going to start out with some questions, and we're going to talk about something today, which I'm not going to tell you what. I'm just going to start out with some questions. Okay? I'm taking these questions, just so there's no plagiarism taking place, from Jason Zweig, who, who writes for the Wall Street Journal. We love him, Brian. We've been reading him for many, many, many years. He's uh, one of the few columns I make sure I read every time he comes out with a, an article. He's good. Yep, yeah, fantastic. I'm not going to tell you the name of the book because that will make you act differently when you hear these questions. All right, question number one. We're going to talk about risk. Now, are you Wh- asking this to me and Katie? Yep, or just- you and Katie both. Okay. okay. Which is riskier? Just answer right, just first thing that comes to mind. Which is riskier, nuclear reactors or sunlight? Sunlight. Nuclear reactors. Ooh, okay. Next question. Which animal is responsible for the greatest number of human deaths in the U.S.? Alligators. Ooh. I saw a video of a guy rescuing his dog from an alligator this week. I Did saw you see that, that too. Yeah, that was yeah, crazy. Yeah, it was awesome. And he the had this big cigar dog. in his mouth and he never <laughs> left it and he was underwater. It was fantastic. Florida. I, I, I'm on a tangent. <laughs> Alligators, bears, deer, shark, or snakes? Snake. Shark. Okay, snakes or sharks. All right, do you want to hear the answer to these questions? Yeah. Okay. The first question was, which is riskier, nuclear reactors or sunlight? Brian says sunlight. Katie says nuclear reactors. Folks at home, how would you answer? Okay, because the biggest disaster of all time from a nuclear reactor uh, incident was Chernobyl. Unless, this is what the book says, fewer than 100 people died from that accident, which is crazy. Sunlight kills a lot of people every year why skin cancer skin cancer i had melanoma you Me had too. melanoma yep. it it kills thousands of people on a yearly basis mm-hmm. so the sunlight's more dangerous never would have thought never would have thought now here's the crazy one which is responsible for the greatest number of deaths in the u.s from an animal perspective alligator bear deer shark snake the answer my friends are those little furry, not little furry, sometimes they're kind of bony, deer. You lost a deer in your yard. I got a deer was hanging on my fence, which was sad as can be. But deer are responsible for 130 human fatalities, seven times more than alligators, bears, sharks, and snakes combined. It's crazy. But when you think of a deer, I mean, do you get scared? Oh, it's a cute no, little thing. never. Yeah. 
Never scared of deer. Okay, we're going to talk about that more here in a minute. All right, here's the question. Katie only. Ooh, all right. You're out of this, bro. Okay. What's riskier in your mind? A 30% market crash or inflation? The crash for sure. When you hear market crash, what do you think? Uh, lots of loss, money, investments, all that hard-earned, everything just gone. And mm, then yep. economy, I mean, just all the rolling effects of everything. That's how probably 90% of the people would answer. Brian, you can't answer yet, but I'm going to have you answer. Let's talk about that for a second because that's what we do, right? We invest people's money, and it's been an incredible year where we saw a 37% market decline. Call it crash because it was a crash. The speed was so so fast. But according to this book, and we might argue this statistic, but according to this book, there is a 2% probability that any given year, you're going to have a decline in the market of 30%. 2%. It, it seems like that's a low number, but. I don't know where he's getting his stats. I, I'm sure it's in the book. I haven't read it. We would say it's probably closer to 10% maybe because it seems like every 10 I mean, years, 2%, that's one out of 100 years, or two out of 100 200, years. Yeah. It seems like it happens more often than that. But so let's say up to 10%. Yeah. There's a 10% probability, which means, and I wish this is how we talked about COVID, by the way. There's a 90% probability that the market's not going to crash. Yeah. So which is riskier, Brian, a market crash or inflation? Well, inflation. I mean, market crashes tend to be temporary. They always have been. <laughs> we always, we, we've always recovered after a market crash. Um, inflation, it just eats at you. It just, it just continues to erode your money. It's a silent killer <laughs> yep. when it comes to money. Inflation is very damaging long-term. It's like skin cancer. Yeah. Right? Over time, it just eats at you. Now, it's fortunately, inflation's not going to kill you, but it could kill your money. Yeah. Right? But how many of you think about at-home uh, inflation versus a market crash? And I'm assuming most people would yeah. answer like you, Katie. So what's it's uh, when you think about when you compare inflation and a market crash one is like i said silent it's like watching grass grow the other one is panic it's right in your face it's headlines it's it's urgent you know and uh it's kind of like sunlight and uh what was the what was the comparison to sunlight? Nuclear, nuclear, reactor. nuclear reactor nuclear reactor goes off i mean it's panic it's you know it's headlines but uh, sunlight is that's something we see every day. We, d we just kind of yep. ignore it. You know? Well, yep. you think about, too, the other one, even the animals, too. None of those. I mean, you see a shark, and it's total panic. Right. But, and like you're saying, the crash. It's, those it's more panic that makes it seem riskier. Yeah. It's the silent killer that uh, you got to watch out for. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you're out, you run on trails a lot. I do. And when you see a rattlesnake oh. up in the North Salt Lake trails. Yes. What do you do? I run away. Yeah, it, it kind of freaks out. It scares me, and I don't want to go on that trail for quite some time after that. Yep. So the reason for it, why does that happen? There is a small almond-shaped thing, and Brian and I read what it's called, but we don't know how to say it. 
Should we give it a try? Go for it. Um legata. <laughs> I think if it's not called that, that's what it should be called from now on. <laughs> it's spelled a with an A-M. But, uh, and I'm not, um legata? Um legata. I don't uh, know. Something like that. It's an almond-shaped you know, little thing in your brain that acts as an alarming system. So when you see a spider or when my wife in my house sees a moth, right? <laughs> <laughs> which I, I, you know, spiders, snakes, we'll throw in moths. Uh, we react differently because it's a, an alarming system, but it's also that fight or flight that our brain has in it. When we see people on the news rushing down to the grocery store to buy toilet paper, what does our umligata tell us we need to do? We got to get some. Right. We're going to run out. Yep. We're going to run out. We got to get some. It's survival instinct. Think about our ancestors many, many generations ago. Food, shelter, protection. That little almond-shaped piece of their brain kept them alive. So it, it, it is that survival instinct. It's that, that fight or flight, but it also helps us spot threats, right? Spider snakes, the fear of losing money. When we see that market crash occurs, that little almond shape does what? How do people react when the market is crashing? We got to get out. We got to get out. Why? Because you want to lose more money. That's what most people think. Yeah. Hurry and get out because yeah. it could go there's, worse. There's been all kinds of studies, you know, we, uh, on this subject. And, uh, yeah, you, it's, it's natural to, to feel that way. Um, but what's important is to recognize what you're feeling and that it's most likely not a panic. It shouldn't be, you shouldn't react in a panic situation. You should just be calm. Think about your, you know, yeah. look at, review your portfolio and uh, make sure you're invested in the appropriate way long-term. But I mean, market crashes have always been temporary. But while you're going through it, it's like a spider attacking you and you dying. Like, what's the probability of that? Mm -hmm. But we still get freaked out because of it. The, and here's what that little almond shape, only got whatever it's called, in your brain tells you, right? The pain from losing money is way worse than the joy of making money because it's that pain threshold that people feel that people feel and in a year where the media has pushed on a daily we have a death count in this country of the coronavirus like that umlegata or whatever it is is working overtime especially this year but from an investment standpoint brian what's the what have you seen in your career that if people act when that fear kicks in what does it do to their investments over time well it's very destructive if you allow that fear to uh you know make make investment decisions based on that fear and it can be very destructive um unfortunately the media sort of feeds on this and uh the co i've spoken about this before the conversation in the media is always you know, get in, should we be in the market, out of the market, you know, preparing for the next correction? And we, I get calls, not every day, but, you know, it seems like several a month, 
uh, on this topic, you know, should, you know, should we on a particular company or the market in general? In fact, I had a conversation yesterday about this very subject, you know, market looks overpriced, you know, it looks high and there's, you know, there's going to be a correction and there's this disconnected market. That's the thing I keep hearing about right now. This is a different subject, but how the market is just disconnected to reality. You know, here we are, coronavirus and and things like and that. And because of that disconnection, people want to get out. Get out. Right. Because they're they're remembering March. Recency what, bias. Recency bias. They remember what happened in March and say, gosh, is that going to happen again? Yes. Uh, and that, again, that part of our brain, it, it, this is what it does from an investment standpoint. It lets our, it, it lets our losers run maybe a little bit too long, meaning – People are, or, or maybe it causes people really to react when they shouldn't, selling when they shouldn't, instead of waiting it out because it's temporary, as you're saying. But here's what it does: is it cuts your profits short because of that mentality. Because of, I can't suffer that again. I can't have that deer chase me down the road again. I'll <laughs> never, no, not a deer alligator or bear or whatever it is right because they've experienced that fear they can't go through it again so they cut their profits short when the best thing to do is what hang on to good businesses hang on to good businesses (laughs) katie this was your first market crash that you've been in the industry yes when you're seeing on the news in february march like what are you thinking it was scary to look at it but my whole mentality has shifted completely since being here so and then i see you know the correction that's happened ever since march and it's gone up and then it's gone back down and look at where we are right now like i i would feel horrible if i was the one that got out and look at all of the money that i just lost because i wasn't invested in the right companies or was too scared and pulled out i know you started putting money to work yeah i did yeah i was like it's a great opportunity you said something interesting there. You would feel really bad if you got out and then the market rallied. If you gave into that fear. If I gave in. Which a lot of people Absolutely. do, and it's normal, and if you did it, that's okay. But if we did that for clients. Oh, it's not okay. It's not okay. Number one, it's, it really isn't okay, even though they want us to do it because they, they gives us all the fear. But it can destroy your financial plan looking out 5, 10, 15, 20 years. There's a, I mean, there's reasons why we didn't get out. And uh, the reason why we didn't get out is it was our belief, and even in March, and there was a lot of unknowns about this coronavirus. But I, I always felt like this is, this is temporary. <laughs> this is not permanent. And if, if you believe any sort of disruption in the economy or markets is a temporary thing, then really you sh- you know you should stick with it if it if it was if it turned out to be a permanent situation where and I'm not I'm not saying that would change our you know how we would do things but it would change the equation you know if if the effects of coronavirus was you know looked like it was going to be a permanent situation i mean that would lower the value of of businesses in general they wouldn't go to zero so it's not like you know in an, it's not like you still shouldn't get out but um, it could change the equation, the profitability equation, the value of what businesses are worth long term. I think in, let me interject, because you said in one of the podcasts that in the course of your 
career in the market, like what we've seen so far this year is what somebody will see in their lifetime, right? Of all the different things that have happened in the market. And for me, it makes me want, not want to have this happen again, but when it does happen, I'm not touching my money. Mm -hmm. I'm going to leave it there because I know that it will come out. And lucky for me, I have the time to make sure that happens. But all of that volatility, I know it will correct itself. And I know that the worst thing I could do would be to get out of it. Yeah. What we saw this year, no one's seen, pretty much hardly anyone alive, uh, you know, what, 1918, the Spanish flu. I mean, if you're, unless you're 102 years old and you're a baby at that time. I mean, so nobody remembers the Spanish flu that's alive today. So this is all new to everyone on the planet. And uh, I've never, you know, I've never been through a pandemic, an epidemic. No one has. And, uh, but we've been through financial crises before, and uh, we know that those are temporary. We know that we come out of them. We always have, and I believe we always will. Um, and uh, in that case, it's, it's a temporary situation, and, and it really does make sense to own businesses. I mean, if you really want to build wealth, you, you know, look at the wealth around the world. The people who have real wealth, they own businesses. It's not from, generally, it's not from buying gold or you know, or, or tr- you know, there's very few people that are successful in trading in and out of the market and have built real wealth. Now there are a few. I'm not saying there's not. There's not, but the the way to build real wealth and uh, that it's available to everyone. It's it's available to. It's not available just to the you know the super smart or the people who have these uh, compu- you know computer algorithms and and PhDs and things like that. But everybody can have success. As an investor, if you just follow some, you know, good simple rules, to, and uh, and it's it's not that hard. Yeah, it's it's harder it's, mentally than it is it's intellectually. A, it's a phrase that we use here at Iron Gate, and it's simply this: Hey, relax, we got this, mm-hmm. right? Iron Gate has your back. If you have another financial advisor, and if they told you it was okay to sell. Or sold for you when all hell was breaking loose, you might want to give us a call. I'll say that. And and a couple other th- a couple other thoughts. If this is if coronavirus was permanent, you know those deer that are killing all these human, we're gonna go hunt them down because that's how we're gonna survive. <laughs> it's gonna be Walking Dead. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But so here's here's the last piece of advice. For people, And the reason why this is so important is so everyone that has those feelings understand where they're coming from and understand how to take action or not to take action, I guess, in the markets, a better way to say it. Understand that if you feel these feelings, they're natural, especially with the market, they're natural. The best thing to do is to turn off everything. Stop looking at things, right? Give us a call. Go out on a walk. Breathe. You know, watch out for deer, (laughs) but breathe, relax, don't act on those alarming almond-shaped umlagadas of your brain. Yeah, I think that that's great advice. We uh, we all have clients. We we have clients that check their investments every single day religiously. In fact, I remember I. This is a client. Well, he's still a client. He's been a client for over 25 years. But he would get his little notebook out and write down every stock price every day a journal, in his journal every single day. And 
for him, that's worked. He hasn't really, it hasn't worked against him, but there are a few people that get, you know, they get excited or depressed when the you know market goes up and goes down. And that's really an unhealthy, you know, kind of practice. And, uh, you know, check your investments on a monthly basis or quarterly basis. Um, you don't need to, you know, watch it every single day. That sometimes can be work against you. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. Let's end with this. It's a quote from this book, Bertrand Russell, if I'm saying that right. He says, this is really good, Katie. I want you to frame this on the wall. Okay. To conquer fear is the beginning of wisdom. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> where, like where does fear get you? I mean, fear is such a, mm-hmm. a defeating. 100%. It's, it's a terrible, I mean, it, it causes a lot of pain. And, and not just market fear. No. I mean, no. fear in general is just really uh, destructive. So as we head into a Thanksgiving weekend, in the words of Waterboy's mama, <laughs> enjoy some foosball <laughs> and, of course, some turkey. thanks everybody thanks for listening until next time this is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual specific situation each individual's financial situation is unique and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.